0: Like the meetings and in preparation. We uh, probably about 50 hours or 60 hours um, a week, we would have to prepare for a team that we might play twice, but no matter what is always a different game plan. And so right after work, I had four hours of treatment, and that's either I'm doing acupuncture, massage, um, roughing, you know, cryotherapy. Ozone, prolotherapy, PRP—I mean, you name it. I probably spent probably two hundred thousand dollars a year, easy, on just the training and treatment stuff that I had to do um, off the field.
1: Hi, I'm Pete McCall, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the All About Fitness podcast. That voice you just heard in the beginning is the guest for this episode, first-round NFL draft pick and Super Bowl champion, DeMarcus Ware. In the interest of full disclosure, I am rerunning this episode. This was originally recorded and ran in the fall of 2020. But since we're getting close to NFL season, I wanted to run it again so you get a great idea of what it takes to succeed at the highest level of the sport. It'll be interesting to note that DeMarcus actually didn't start out to be a football player. That's what, I, that's what I find fascinating about sometimes interviewing athletes, top athletes, is the fact they love to play all sports, and then they end up finding that they, they're good at one, and that's the one they, they become a professional at. And that's exactly DeMarcus' story. So you'll be interested to hear what his original sport was and how he made the transition from that sport to playing football. And the other thing I want you to listen to in this episode, and one of the reasons why I'm rerunning it, is I want you to hear about what it takes, the preparation, the physical work, the recovery, the effort it takes to play football at the highest level. And the one reason why I'm doing that is I want you to know you have all these resources available to you. So no matter what your fitness goal is, whether it's playing a competitive recreational sport, or whether it's just being able to play with your kids or grandkids without being in pain for a few days, the reason why I try to interview professional athletes or retired professional athletes is I want you to understand what they do and how they prepare their bodies and the preparation and the work and and the recovery it takes to succeed at the highest level of various sports. Because you have all these resources available to you. Nutrition, sleep, compression clothing, massage therapy. A lot of professional athletes, and you'll hear DeMarcus talk about that, a lot of professional athletes use these techniques and use these methods to recover so they can be fully prepared to play their game, whatever the sport might be. And, and that's why I think it's important to listen to somebody like DeMarcus because he won a Super Bowl champion. He was a great, good enough athlete. He's a great athlete because he was, one of the top, he was one of the top ten draft picks the year he was chosen by the Dallas Cowboys. And now, after he's retired from the NFL, he has become a certified personal trainer and he's opened his own fitness studio. On this episode of All About Fitness, you'll hear about what it takes to play in the NFL, about how to transition to a career outside the NFL, and how you can take the lessons of a top NFL player and apply them to your own fitness program with a Super Bowl champion, certified personal trainer, and fitness studio owner, Demarcus Ware. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care, Today on the All About Fitness podcast, this is an honor. It's the first time I'm speaking with a Super Bowl champion. It's DeMarcus Ware. How are you doing today, DeMarcus? Hey, doing doing great,
0: man. It's great that you invited me on the podcast, man. And I know we got a lot to talk about.
1: Yeah, man. I really appreciate your taking the time. Now, one of the things that, that you grew up in Alabama, right? You grew up playing football in Alabama?
0: Oh, yeah. I grew up in uh, Auburn, Alabama. Played football there. Um, it's crazy, but football was the last sport that I wanted to play. I played baseball, basketball, ran track. And then I blew my shoulder out playing baseball. And, and my coach was like, DeMarcus, I don't think you would be good enough to be, you know, to play baseball. Maybe you should play football. I really? I think that was a great decision. Yeah, man. I started playing my junior year.
1: <laughs> well, that's one of the things I saw. I saw that you had what, the high jump and the long you had the long jump record for high school.
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, a lot of people don't know that. they were like, DeMarcus, you made state and long jump and high jump. I'm like, yeah. But baseball was like, the sport that I always wanted to play and injuries took me out of that and put me in almost like my destiny, my destined sport, which was football.
1: Wait, that's crazy, dude. So you, so you got injured from baseball and you decided to take up football mm-hmm. and just because what, what position were you in baseball?
0: I was right field and pitcher. I mean, I couldn't hit worth the lick, but I can sling that ball and, <laughs> and, and I can field it. And, uh, I, and I guess that was like my Achilles heel, but then football came a calling. And the crazy thing was I played wide receiver in high school. So I was like 185 pounds. I wasn't big. And there were no scholarships given to me. And so one time, you know, got one offer from Troy University. And then, you know, the rest is history.
1: Well, that's what I saw because I was surprised when I was looking up, when I was doing my research was I thought you would have gone to a, to a bigger school because you are drafted. <laughs> what, you're drafted like in the top 10 in the first round?
0: Yeah. So I was 11th pick. In the uh, draft, but um, I was a late bloomer. So, I gained about fifty one pounds. I grew three inches in college. Got to six five, about two fifty. I started at one eighty five coming in, soaking wet with pads on, and uh, it just got to a point to where you know I grew into myself and, and became
1: a beast after that. Well, let me talk about that for a second. And, and this isn't one of the things I try to do is I get a lot of people listening to the podcast who have kids that are growing, you know, have kids like maybe 12, 13, junior high and high school. How important it was it for you, DeMarcus, growing up to play different sports? Because the one thing that concerns me is a parent might get their kid only playing baseball or only playing football like age 10 on. But how important was it for you to develop as an athlete to play those different sports?
0: I think that is great. Um, for the parents in general to put their kids in different sports because you hone in on different types of mentalities or different types of skills, right? Let's say with baseball, you're big on hand and eye coordination, right? In basketball, you learn how to shield. You, know, you learn how to use your body, block people out. Football, you learn more of the um, aggressive aspects of being able to focus under pressure, having everything skilled, playing that chess match. And then in track, you are like your solo act. You go out there, you run, and you have to go and beat somebody. And it teaches speed. So I think when you start thinking about the the great athletes, the champions, you go back and you look at that they just didn't play football or they just didn't play baseball. They played a lot of sports to dial in on a lot of their athleticism.
1: That and see, that's the thing I, I want parents to pay attention to is to try to get the kids as much skill as possible, and then when a kid gets older, to to pick up on to pick up on one single sport. Now right. th- that aside, what did it feel like when you got that call, man? And they said, "All right, the Dallas Cowboys want to take you." What was that feeling like after all those years of hard work and sweat to know that you're going to get an opportunity to go play at the highest level of the sport?
0: You know what's so crazy? I remember. Um, going on my pro visits, like when you go and visit the teams, I went to Atlanta, I went to San Diego, um, the Jets, just to name a few teams, and I got to my last visit because you can only have five visits. So I was at number five, the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys said, you know what, we got our guy, and we don't um, think that, you know, you'll be a great fit for us. And I'm looking like, okay, well, number 10, actually number 12 was San Diego at the time in the draft. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to San Diego because they liked me. All of a sudden, it was pretty cool. And, you know, Texas is like Alabama. It's nice Southern, um, you know, hospitality, you know, great. Here And uh, so it, it was a great opportunity for
1: me. But now I'm kind of bummed because I was a San Diego fan until they moved. <laughs> we could have had you with the Chargers. Um, <laughs> that's why I live. I live in uh, North County, San Diego, in Carlsbad. Now, let yeah. me ask you this. How much work? Because I think, I think people will be surprised to know. Because the one thing I see, DeMarcus, is I've been a strength coach for a long time. And like I said, I never played at the highest level of your sport. I, I was a rugby player. I played rugby, uh, mm-hmm. men's club Still rugby. Still hard sport. Still hard sport. <laughs> oh, we don't get the we don't get the limelight like uh, NFL players <laughs> do. But I, I want what I want people to understand is how much time goes into off field preparation. Like because we see you guys for a couple hours on a Sunday afternoon, but how much work in terms of training and 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 classroom prep and all that in order to make it in the NFL? Because you see somebody come out of college, they might have a lot of talent in college. But, if, but from my, my observation, if they don't learn how to put in that work and put in the hours, they only have maybe two or three years in the league. So talk a little bit about the off-field work that it takes to be successful in the league.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll just start with, first of all, your diet. I mean, I had to hire a nutritionist but also a chef because I had to have about 6,000 to 7,000 calories a day of good calories. And, and let's just say I started my day at 530 um, to where I would eat, and then I will eat again. Um, right after I lift. So I would lift for an hour and 30, around about 6.15, and I would eat right after that. Um, Two hours after that, I would eat again. These aren't snacks. These are like full meals that I would have prepared because, I mean, I can't go out and go and buy the fast food all the time I was at work. So everything had to be like shipped in. Uh, And that's just one part of it. Like the meetings and the preparation, we Uh, Probably about fifty hours to sixty hours um, a week, we would have to prepare for a team that we might play twice. But no matter what, it's always a different game plan. And so, right after work, I had four hours of treatment, and that's either I'm doing acupuncture, massage, um, roughing, you know, cryotherapy. Ozone, prolotherapy, PRP—I mean, you name it. I probably spent probably two hundred thousand dollars a year, easy, on just the training and treatment stuff that I had to do um, off the field. So, and that's every single week just to prepare for one game where I tear my body up and I have to start all back over again. So that was like so—you had to be so mentally focused to be that way, to where you know what I'm going to prepare for six days beat myself up on the seventh day on Sunday or Monday or Thursday night game and get ready to start all back over again. And how fast can I recover to get back to performance?
1: And see, that's the one thing that's really changed the last 10 years or so, right, is the science Mm -hmm. of recovery. We now Mm -hmm. know a lot more about how to treat the body after training. Is that something, because you were in the league during that time when that that really shifted, did you notice that change over the course of your career, how recovery protocols really changed and the type of stuff you would do after you worked out and after you played?
0: Yeah. um, You know, when I first got into the league, I got in with the older guys and, and the first thing I thought about, okay, if these guys have been playing for 15 years, they have to be doing something, right? And they're like, hey, DeMarcus, make sure you get a massage after practice. Make sure you get acupuncture. It was more of the steak and potatoes, more of the Western medicine-type things that they used, right? And those guys were huge, like the Larry Allens and the Floza Adams and the Jonathan Ogmans, guys that are 6'9", 360 pounds that I had to go against. So they were just beasts, right? Um, but then I started seeing it shift when people started thinking about cryotherapy, lasers, using T4 lasers. OK, all right, well, Demarcus, you need to massage this way before you work out, then do cryotherapy and then acupuncture to activate the, your neurological system. And, and you're like, for real? Oh, we're going to do all of this before I actually go out and play. <laughs> and it actually worked. Right. And they're like, hey, I've never taken an IV before the game, like, you know, to make sure I'm hydrated. But then I started taking the IV before the game and I'm so hydrated and I still drink during the game, but you're hydrated and you don't get the cramps. So all of this, the medicine, the Western medicine added in with the new science created almost like the performance beast that now you can go out, you can recover, you can perform in a way that you've never been able to perform and start all back over again the next week.
1: And see, that's, that's what I like about watching the NFL, just as, as some of you understand, it's physiology, is I am awed by the amount of work you guys do and, and the amount of preparation it takes to play the sport at, at the level that you guys play it at. And at what point did you decide, as you're looking to wind down your NFL career, what point did you decide that you want to get into fitness? Because you opened up a gym this year, and, and as you mentioned, you're working on a fitness app. At what point did you make that decision and say, hey, this is going to be my second career?
0: You know what, um, like my whole career... I always train guys, right? I trained them in the technique of, you know, defensive end, outside linebacker, more the football technique. And then, as I got into the weight room, I started seeing that these exercises that I was doing in the weight room correlate to what I'm doing in the football field. And so, a lot of the players start doing the same things that I were that I was doing because they wanted to be just as good or better than I was. So, once I retired, I'm like, okay. What do you enjoy doing? I said, first of all, I love to motivate people. I was a captain for 12 years in the NFL, you know, won championships and was the best at what I did. But how can I instill that in people, not just fans from inside of the stadium, but the fans outside of the stadium? And I said, if I can make my new locker room, the weight room, I can touch more people. I can motivate them in a way to where I'm still a coach. I'm still a mentor. I'm still a motivator in their lives, but they're living more fit, more healthier lives and they're motivated to create some change in themselves. And so I'm like, that's, that's perfect. Now I got a new team. My team's even bigger, you know,
1: that's, I love hearing that man. And, and just, it's funny because I've got, I've gotten the opportunity to work with maybe 10 or 12 guys over the year that played, uh, that played in the league for some only played for a season or two and others played for, for a number of years. And the one thing that always that I'm always um, surprised not surprised at but I always respect is their their approach towards teamwork and their their approach to being serious serious about it. So let me ask you this question though, because you, you you went from the Cowboys, you played with the Broncos, and then you, you went back to the Cowboys and retired as a Cowboy, right? Yes. Yeah, and then how has Jerry Jones been a mentor towards you? Because you started a business now, you opened up a gym, and one of the mm-hmm. things I was reading about in, and one of the things I've just heard about is that he really takes a lot of, he, he puts a lot of uh, emphasis and care on his players. So has, has Mr. Jones been a mentor towards you and how has he helped you as you've gone into this next phase of your career?
0: I think as, a, as I transitioned, I've transitioned into not just a football player anymore, but a businessman, right? Using a platform that, I've created from playing a sport and now doing something that I love, but learning from like a Jerry Jones, like, Hey, this is how you open a business up. This is how you run the business. These are the things that you need to invest in. And just from that standpoint, running the business here at three volt fitness here in trophy club, I opened it during the pandemic and I thought that it was going to get crushed, but I mean, it's been only what three or four months and I have over a hundred members already there. And they're consistently coming in, they're consistently working out because they love the atmosphere, the service that, you know, I'm giving them. But also, it's like one of those things where when you go somewhere for 45 minutes to an hour and it it becomes your oasis, you want to always come back to it because you're getting results and you feel good after. You know, a lot of people don't think, that I don't want to go to the gym because, um, you know, it's hard. Great. You come in here, it's going to be hard. I'm going to challenge you. But from the challenges that we give you, you're going to get the results and you're going to get the change that you need.
1: And and see, I love that, man, because we have to remember that when people come into the gym, they're giving us one hour of their time. Right, Right? is they're they're giving us one hour out of their day, and time is the most precious resource because you can go out and buy more things, but you can't buy more time. Now, and I always take that seriously for people listening or for people taking a workout with me. I want to honor their time by making Mm -hmm. it worthwhile. Now, I only got you for another minute or two, but Mm -hmm. why the name Three Volt? What does Three Volt mean, and and how do you feel now that you are a a fitness club owner and you are having that impact on people's lives?
0: You know what? Three volt came from the three methods of fitness, right? And we all go back into the first method is being able to stabilize what you're trying to lift. So I have a room that's built more on warm ups, activations where you're stabilizing and you're building, I would say your neurological pathways to make sure your muscles are working the right way. And then, you know, from NASA, you go into the endurance and hypertrophy phase to where I have like the hit room. So, you now are more in that building phase building that muscle because you know how to use it. Right. And now I want to like, I would say tread down a little bit or burn calories. And so I have a tread room with, you know, woodweight treadmill, step up boxes, elliptical machines in there. I mean, a place to where you can go get your cardio. So it's like the three methods of fitness. I want you to come in uh, and be electrified in three different ways and not get bored but still be able to accomplish what you want to accomplish, but not even thinking about it. So now I can say, you know, this, let's say this guy has, you know, shoulder problems, back problems. I'll put him into the warm-up and activation room one day or two days during the week. Okay, cool. He loves to run, I'll put him in some of the tread room because he wants to lose a little bit of weight, but he won't he don't want to lose his muscle. So I give him a little bit of hit. So it's the same training methods, but I'm using the rooms to
1: Give them the results
0: that they need.
1: And see, I like that, man. You're taking a very scientific approach. And to be honest, dude, you, you basically just you just talked about the science in my I the second book I just wrote is called Ageless Intensity. It's how exercise mm-hmm. slows down the aging process. Mm-hmm. And you just basically talked about it right there. <laughs> <So> <laughs> <Great>. not, <laughs> Not only are you helping people lose weight, but you can legitimately tell people that you're helping them slow down the aging process. So people, you have a very active Instagram feed. What do you try to do with Instagram? Because I know you talk, you're, talking, you're, you're talking about building an app. How are you using your Instagram feed to, to connect with people and to motivate people?
0: Mm, I think motivate, inform, and then them being able to implement what I'm trying to portray to them. Um, first of all, I want to give them an image Of What they want to see, because I feel like what you see is probably what you what you want to be like. Right. What you listen to, but also what you feed your spirit with. So I try to add all of that together on my social. So now people gravitate to that because it connects with them in some type of way. But then I use that to also push you into things where I feel like will help you. If it's working out through fitness, if it's some motivational stuff, whatever it is, it's a place where you can go. To where you know, and you find out about me, but you also find out about some other things that you didn't think that you'd be interested in. That's on there, so it's informative too as well.
1: And see, I was looking through that feed, man. And, and for listeners, if you want to learn what it's like to train like an NFL, would you consider yourself a linebacker or, or a DN? What, what where would you, where would you consider your, what, what position would you consider yourself, Demarcus? Well,
0: you know what the thing is, man. They, they always, it's called a tweener. So I played <laughs> both of them. <laughs> uh, but for me, I was a stand up defensive end.
1: Um, All right. So,
0: you know, yeah, I was a stand up defensive end. So it's like you can put your hand down, three point stand, still play the same thing standing up. So that's what I was.
1: Uh, well, for people that want to find out, the people uh, that, that want to see how uh, one of the top uh, defensive linemen, defensive end, top outside linebackers plays, a tweener, one of the top tweeners plays, you have to check out Demarcus's Instagram feed. What is that, Demarcus? Give him uh, your Instagram feed real quick.
0: It, it's at DemarcusWare. And the same thing on Twitter is real nice and simple. Just my name and, and throw that symbol on there and you'll find it.
1: And then finally, the last question, man, before we wrap up, and, and I really appreciate your time. Who is your favorite quarterback to sack? Of all the sacks you've had, who is your favorite to take down?
0: You know, what the thing is, it's a guy that's playing right now. It's Tom Brady. I mean, he is just the epitome of what you're talking about. The ageless <laughs> player. I mean, He's 41, 42 years old, still playing at a very, very high level because of the way he trains and the things that he is able to just do still at this age. And he was hard to take down. I mean, he gets off the – you know, he throws that ball. I only had 2.5 seconds. I mean, he threw it at 2.4, all right, before I got there. But being able to tackle a guy like that, if you're hitting him, that means you're probably going to win the football game because he will take over the football game by himself. So uh, he, he's for sure that quarterback that – um that I wanted to say.
1: And, hey, hopefully you get a few business tips from him because he's he's doing he's handling his business right, too. All hey, right, exactly. Well, hey, DeMarcus Ware, man, Super Bowl champion, owner of 3Volt Fitness and Trophy Club, Texas. I really appreciate your time today, and I appreciate the opportunity for having you share a little bit of what it's like to uh, transition to a second career after the NFL. All
0: right. Thank you so much.
1: It's always interesting to hear – how guys make that transition from playing professional sports to to working in fitness or becoming a coach or a trainer themselves. In my career, I've worked with, I don't know, a handful, maybe five, seven, eight guys who became personal trainers after playing the NFL, and I'm trying to get a hold. One of the reasons why I ran this is I haven't been that successful. I'm trying to to track down a couple of retired players and trying to get their input on what it takes to be prepared for the NFL season. That's why I reran DeMarcus' episode. I'm also, I'm also in the process of scheduling one or two coaches. You heard from Todd Durkin a couple episodes ago, uh, but Todd and I are talking more about motivation. But Todd works with a lot of guys in the offseason to get them ready for the NFL. And I, I just want us to understand, I want you to understand what it takes. Because it looks, we can watch people on TV on a Saturday or Sunday and go, oh, that looks easy. If you played some high school sports, you know, or play some high school football, you know it's a tough game. But I want you to understand what it takes to be successful at that level. Not only from the physical preparation, but for the mental preparation as well. Now, if you want to learn more about physical preparation and what it takes to to get fit and to be fit and to maintain your fitness, check down below in the show notes. My I have two eBooks that would be perfect for you. One is Dynamic Anatomy. Dynamic Anatomy teaches you how the muscles in your body function, so you can design exercise programs for the way they work. And then Functional Core Training. Functional Core Training is a great resource. It's an eBook that goes through six stages of program design that gives you a year's worth of programs. Both are only available for $7. Just trying to make resources available for you so you can understand how to design the exercise programs, the workout programs that work for your needs. If you want to get great information, go to PeteMcCallFitness.com. That's my blog, PeteMcCallFitness.com. If you sign up for the mailing list, I'll send you a chapter from my book, Smarter Workouts, along with a workout. It's a bodyweight workout, and you can do it anywhere you can take your body. Some great resources for you available at no cost. Also, I'm so stoked to announce Ageless Intensity. My latest book is out in Ageless Intensity. I teach you how high-intensity exercise can help you slow down and mitigate many of the effects of the aging process. I really want to thank DeMarcus Ware. Again, we recorded this in the fall of 2020, but I'm rerunning it now because I don't know about you. I don't follow any particular team. I, I really I don't care, to be honest. I just like watching top athletes play at the top of their sport. And it's fun. I also like to learn and follow how they prepare to play at their sport. So this time of year, I love watching Hard Knocks on HBO. It's always fun to see I'm very interested in the amount of work and the amount of preparation and physical training it takes to succeed at the highest level of sport. That's exactly why I wanted to rerun this episode this time. I got a, I'm working on a couple of great interviews. I got a couple of things in the can. I got some great content coming up here on all about fitness. So hit subscribe, keep coming back. And as always, thanks for stopping by. And I certainly look forward to have you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.